MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 to get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions do apply. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Bowl Challenge. $250 cash and a $250 gift card is up for grabs exclusively on the SGPN app. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 261. It's going out to one of our friends in the sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Scuba, it's going out to his grandma, his grandma, his Mima, who um, went axe throwing with them last night. And he included included photos. I believe she got a, I wanted to say a hole in one, but it's a bullseye, I guess, when you're throwing axes. So this goes, uh, goes out to Scuba's Mima. Maybe we can get her to start listening to the podcast, too. So um, well, we, we could use more grandmas listening to us for sure. Thank you. Whether you're a grandma or not, thank you for coming to the show. Our last UFC event recap of 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Jeff Chalks Fox. And boy, did I end the year with uh, not a bang, the opposite of a bang. I uh, went out with a whimper. I had one of my worst weeks on record last night um, in what turned out to be a weird event with some weird results. Um, my co-host did better, but he still did mediocre as, as per expected. So um let's bring him in now since i told him i was going to take 15 minutes to get ready and it took over an hour so well, we should probably get, <laughs> get going here it's the one and only gummy god daniel reeland hello hey what's up so i i uh so I'd, I'd forgotten a couple of your picks uh off the top of my head yeah. and uh when when i was watching i'm like oh, i'm getting like 50 percent of these uh picks right so that's not the best night but i'm like but that must mean jeff got about 50 percent right because i remember we differed but a lot of the ones we missed, we both missed. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it wasn't good, was it? it was, I had someone uh, complain to me about money that you lost them to. He didn't really complain, but he mentioned that he, he followed Gummy's picks and now he's down. Oh, here. no. So way to go, you. No, way I didn't go. even. I, I thought I did. pretty. Oh, well, I guess there, there's a couple in there that I didn't do Depends. well. I hit that 280 uh, Corey McKenna by decision pick. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it, it, if, if you're selective, you, you can. Uh, it would have been a good night. So. Um, how did everyone do in the Discord? I skimmed through it after the event. Were, were people oh, winning money or not? I think ups and downs. People were not yeah. so happy about the main event decision, which I'm sure we're about to talk about. Yeah, it's. But how can you really complain about that? Really? That that's who, that that's who won my that biggest, fight for real? Right, right. That that's my biggest part of that is that like I saw MMA decisions is uh they had a. A Twitter post that said this is only the second time in history that two judges have had 49 46s on opposite sides with the other one being Dominic Cruz beating TJ Dillashaw for the title and I was like yeah th- that's perfect those are the two types of fights where you should be able to have a judge 49 46 on opposite sides because like literally every round was a toss-up like no round in that fight was definitive in any way shape or form so yeah like those are the types of fights where you should get scorecards like that yep very very true i'm checking on our on verdict how i did 2895th place dan not good is that no. bad 
I, I don't think that's good, is it? I think it's bad. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm still a wipeout. I'm still working on my uh, on my stuff. So yeah, everyone, get over to Verdict, the Verdict app. Um, we've partnered up with them, and they have a fun uh, fun pick'em stuff. So yeah, I didn't do so hot. Oh well. How did you do? Did you check or not yet? Well, I think it, we, because we split on these top two fights and you got one and I got the other, I think my number was chilling right around yours too. So not, not, not terribly hot either. <laughs> yep. Yep. It was, yeah, it was a strange, uh, strange. Was it a strange event? I don't know. But I lot, mean, of- I, I think it was a strange event because like some of the results are kind of what I was expecting, but some just like in weird ways, you know, like we'll, we'll get to talking about them, but like there, there are just some like right e- easy winners to predict. Like Amir Albazi, Let, let's just take that one real quick. Yes. Uh, everybody thought Amir Albazi was going to win that fight. Uh, everybody thought he was going to dominate with his grappling and pick up a quick submission. He couldn't get any of his grappling going. Uh, he was rather pathetic with his grappling and instead just knocked out a knockout artist, which is uh, bizarre uh, because yes. it's not really the way he he operates. And then you got Cody Brundage, who, like, was an excellent wrestler, wrestled really well for a second, then fell to his back. And instead of standing up, he's like, I don't know, punch me in the head. <laughs> yep. Invited the person to punch him in the head. Uh, of course, we're talking about last night's last UFC of 2022, UFC Fight Night Cannonier versus Strickland. UFC Apex um, went down. We ended up losing a fight, as is normally the case. Uh, we At least we had a, a different um, reason this time. But, but it probably was weight cut related. Darren Wynn. Fell down the stairs at the uh, UFC Performance Institute and got a concussion. So his fight with Julie Marquez was scrapped right good, after good I. Good fight to scrap, too. Yeah. Right <laughs> after I had Marquez in my uh, DraftKings article I had written. Of course, this happens after the fact. So there you go. These things happen in MMA, correct? They, they do a lot lately. So we ended up with 13 fights. Actually, before we jump into it, that, that's, uh, before I forget, let's tell you about Winbat. Don't want to forget about our friends. They keep us in your ear holes four times a week. Ready to win money and boost your odds. Win bet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Looking to get involved in the same game parlay? WinBet is your home with their win bet. Build your own bet, letting you customize the bet you want to make. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. WinBet has what you want. Uh, need to win ready to play sign up today to receive a special offer bet hundred dollars win hundred dollars limited to state availability there's so much to choose from and all you have to do is head over to sports gambling slash win bet so they know we sent you that sports gambling podcast.com slash w-y-n-n-b-e-t to claim your free bet today offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through win bet is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 and we are back with Underdog Fantasy. And if you haven't signed up already, you can still get a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks when you use the promo code SGPN. Just go to underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit match. That's promo code SGPN. Underdog is great for their weekly battle royale format, as well as getting an early start with their playoff best ball. Underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Okay. Main event as we alluded to was a controversial split decision. I think the right man won uh, based on my eyes, but I wasn't, I was having a hard time to score it as, as were most people. Jerry Cannonier beat Sean Strickland split decision, 20, 49, 46, 46, 49, 49, 46. So it was a one of the screwiest cards you ever saw, but of course a 
wise man in the Discord predicted almost to a T what the card <laughs> was going to be, and that would be Gumby Breland. He predicted it. He also predicted Cannoneer was going to win minus 105. A big hit for Gumby. Yeah, so first of all, yeah, I predicted uh, one judge would have it 4-1 Cannoneer, one judge would have it 4-1 Strickland, and one judge would have it 3-2 for Cannoneer. So I was almost exactly on. I had one judge's scorecard one point off. So, uh, and, and that was after watching the fight. And it was just because exactly like I said at the top of the show, this is a fight where you really couldn't complain about either result. I'm with you. While I was watching it, I was like, I'm scoring this for Cannoneer. But, like, also I was in a position where I was like, what rounds I'm giving to Cannoneer necessarily? Couldn't exactly tell you, right? Like, he could have yeah. won them all, for that matter. Uh, and he could have won none of them. Uh, because, like, at the end of the day, I think he was landing the harder shots. But I don't think it was, like, so overwhelmingly harder that, you know, the the volume that, that Sean Strickland was bringing wasn't also valuable or wasn't also close to it. So not a terribly exciting fight, though, right? Like, that, no. that was an easy one to just, like, slowly drift out of consciousness while you were watching uh, because it was not just a lot of fun. I'm also going to share with you, too, did you happen to did you happen to look up the uh, MMA decision scorecards? Yes. So, I can't remember who scored what, but there was a few people who scored it for... Strickland, most people scored for Cannoneer. It was th- it was 13-7, which is okay. uh, about as close as it should be in favor of Cannoneer. Uh, but it should be noted that of the seven who scored it for uh, Sean Strickland, all three of the Sherdog sure guys. <laughs> of course. Of course. That's so strange. Yeah. So, such every, a strange it, thing. So It works every time. <laughs> yep. So does this do anything for either guy, stock-wise, going forward? I actually, I actually think it does a lot of harm to both of them uh it's like so we're already in a position where this division has uh, a rematch about to fly to the top of it which means there's going to be more time for contenders to emerge and had Cannonier come out here and just like flatline sean strickland in 30 seconds he he probably would have been in position to wait for the winner of that um especially if it was pajeda because you know uh I decided he already beat him once. So like uh, the fresh matchup in Pajeda, it, it would have been right there for him. But the problem is, is that like now neither of them looked good enough. They're both definitely going to have to fight other people. Um, You know, now we've got Roman Delizzi being catapulted up the rankings. He's now fighting. Uh, I saw in March, he's going to be fighting Marvin Vittori. That seems like if he wins that, he's a fresh contender Uh, that, that is, 100% going to pass one of these two guys. Both of these guys had a chance to make themselves like unpassable by a young prospect. Neither of them did it. So, yeah, I actually think they did more harm than good. Yep, indeed. And they did harm to me, but th- this night was a disaster anyhow. So I wasn't even really upset that I lost here. I won the co-main event, Lo Armin Sarukian. Another fight like the main event, which was not that exciting. Uh, out wrestled Demir Ismagulov. 30-27 across the board. Yeah, like I said, it was all wrestling and not a heck of a lot of action while he was wrestling and grappling, but um, he got back in the winning, uh, call, back in the win column as I had predicted. So I'll take it. Yeah, I was sitting here trying to figure out uh, with, while I was watching that fight, did I wildly overestimate Demir Magulov's defensive wrestling or did I wildly underestimate Armand Sarukian's offensive wrestling? I actually think it's the latter. I, I think I underestimated Armand Sarukian because 
Isma Kulov did look decent defending takedowns in the past, and granted, nobody even close to Sarukian's skill level. But man, Sarukian made it almost look easy, right? Like, uh, I'm I'm really high on Sarukian after that fight. It, you're right, again, not terribly exciting to watch. But if he can do that to Isma Gulov, man, I, I'm I'm kind of wondering like what would he do? Like even if somebody like Michael Chandler, like would, would Michael Chandler stuff his takedowns? I don't know. Would Michael Chandler Chandler fight him? Probably not, because there's yeah, there's, that's uh, lightweight broken into two divisions. There's the the big name guys who will only fight each other, and then there's the actual fighters who who have a future in the sport, and they don't they seem to fight each other as well. It's two different pools. Yeah, how how do we how do we break that up? Uh, yeah. how, how do we, how do we get that to stop? Do we just pray that that somebody falls out of a big fight and they have to fill in with the so all, all the big games have fought each other pretty much? So yeah, that's the other it, thing. Yeah. They're not even they're not even fresh matchups anymore. Yeah, so, you know, like, so maybe, I, I know people are talking about like Conor McGregor versus oh, uh, Michael Chandler, but like who gives a shit? Like, how's he gonna get get to lightweight for credit? Have you seen Have you seen yeah. the guy? People they keep talking he about him going to lightweight. He's not he looks a little bulky. By the way, yeah. uh, so you know how he? So the side tangent here. You, yeah. We, we've obviously all heard if you're a big MMA fan, and, and maybe you haven't, but like. Connor is out of the testing pool and they notified that he was out of the testing pool. He's going to have to be six months in before he can fight again. He clearly got out of it so that he could use some PEDs to like get his leg healing faster, which like, I guess if that's what you're doing, I don't know how I feel about the ethics of that, but like if that's what you're using them for makes more sense than, you know, whatever other person got popped for steroid use. But did you see who came to to Connor's aid of that? <laughs> uh, T.J. Dillashaw was it? Yeah. <laughs> who also just quote unquote retired because he's yeah. injured? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. T.J. Dillashaw was like, "That's that's normal. That's okay." And it's like, "Dude, you're the dude." <laughs> he's, well, he's don't want to disparage man, but I'm sure that's why he re- he quote unquote retired. I guess. Oh, I, I'm, I'm coming back after he's yeah. healed. Quote unquote. There's a lot of quote unquotes going on here. After he quote unquote heals, he'll be. He'll, He'll be, be back. back. Bigger and, than ever. And hopefully looking as bad as he did last time. Yeah. Hopefully we can always hope. Um, all right. So I got that one right. Uh, we both got the next one right. Uh, as Dan said off the top, Amir Albazi knocked out Alessandro Costa. Costa looked pretty good for a guy making a short notice debut against uh, supposedly a top flyweight. Um, but he lasted 213 into the third round before getting knocked out. By the knockout yeah. artist, that is Amir Albazi. Yeah, right. Uh, again, weird result, like I said at the top. But you're right, Alessandro Costa, I mean, he wasn't winning any of those rounds, but he did look, you know, competitive, which is more than you could say for most people who are taking a short-notice fight in place of Brandon Royval for their debut. You know, like, you're fighting somebody high enough up to fight Brandon Royval, and you're going to step in on short notice for your M- or your UFC debut and look that good, like props to him. Yeah, he, he looks like he could uh he could make some noise with some full cams. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. Next one, boy. Couldn't be well actually no. Uh, I uh I, I predict I didn't predict this one, right? But I broke it down correctly. I said Julian Rosa only loses when people like knock him out. And, yeah, and but, we said that Caceres couldn't yeah. <laughs> but, but then I went on <laughs> to say Caceres couldn't knock him out, and Caceres really knocked him out. Head kick and punches, three or four into the first round. He uh, very, um, very, I want to say, not sneaky, sneaky in a good way, maybe very uh, deceptive. Um, maybe that's a better word. A kick that uh, took 
the legs out of uh, Julian Rosa, kick to the head. Um, and then he had trouble getting up even after the fact. So, um, yeah, apparently Caceres knocks people out now. Like, come on, like stuff like this was happening all night to me. So whatever. My my picks were down the tubes by by this point. But Caceres, I, I also said correctly that he's a hard guy to pick against and predict because he seems to always win when you win fights when you least expect it. I think it's like six or seven now for him. So I don't know what's going on, Dan. That that's a wild one. He's got four knockouts in his 34 fight career. Yeah. That's the first actual knockout. The other three are all TKOs. Yeah, that the was la- legit. <laughs> the last one was a doctor stoppage and the other two were ground and pound. Um so if you don't count the doctor stoppage one cuz that's not like happening in the cage. Do you know when the last time he he won by TKO was? You tell us, Dan. February of 2010. Uh, he, he won it. G force fights, bad blood three. <laughs> did I even know you at that point? I don't think I did. Did I? No, I was still in college, man. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So yes, he, you started floppy hair. Yeah. Real floppy Long, hair. Floppy hair in your face. So yes. Um, yes. I don't know. Like uh, how do you break down something like that? He, he knocked out Julian Rosa, which was impressive. See, uh, maybe we'll have to start thinking twice about picking against Casares. So, Cause I feel like he's burned us a few times over the past since we started doing this podcast. Do you think he's good? Yeah. At, he's what? <laughs> five, four, 34 times and we still don't know. I don't yeah, know. There's I, levels. I he, he's not top 15, but I guess he's he's good outside of top 15. Top he looked real bad against Sadiq Yusuf. Yeah. Like real bad. Uh, and, and then, you know, like his, he's won, what, what is he, won five or six, six or seven? Six or seven, he's, yeah. He's won six or seven, but like maybe the best name on there other than Arosa is like, I don't know, Steven Peterson or Sungwoo Choi. Like, it, it's not like a murderous row of uh, yeah. opponents there. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, Next fight, I got right until I didn't get it right. And then Dan got it right. Uh, <laughs> Drew Dober knocked out Bobby Green, which I was afraid was going to happen because the, the, the longer you uh, – Green actually rocked Dober um, or at least stunned him, which is hard to do. But I didn't – like the the uh, thought of Green exchanging punches with Dober for as long as he did, and eventually caught up with him 245 into the second round. He got his lights put up, but Bobby Green looked fantastic up to that point, and Dober looked like the way he usually does, gets himself beat up and then knocks people out. And it's kind of like I said on the, the preview show, too, is this, like, Drew Dober is not a guy you can beat with volume. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's Bobby Green's game, right? Is volume and being in your face constantly. You can't stay in that man's face for 15 minutes. It's just not possible. He hits too hard. Um, he 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 had a great call out, by the way. I, I don't think I've ever heard a call out quite as good as Drew Dober there. For a guy who is itching to make it back into the top 15 after being out for a little while, uh, and, and clearly is it, starting to put on the performances that warrant it, he called out the least the, the guy who the least people are calling out on a regular basis and Jalen Turner, uh, that that's a great call out. Cause a, I want to see it and be like, who else is, is like pushing to fight Jalen Turner. Yeah. He's, he's been hurt, right? Jalen Turner. Turner? I, I thought was, I thought he was on the shelf for a bit. Uh, you but might maybe be right. Someone else I was reading about. You might be right. I have no idea. Well, you should, uh, <laughs> maybe he got bit by a radioactive spider. Could that be the, could that be the case? He does have less spiders now. Yeah, he, he had, he had uh, a uh, downside. Yeah, he had to get rid of some of them, I heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think he was – yeah, he hasn't fought since July, which is unlike him. So I think he was having some issues, but 
nonetheless, this isn't a Jalen Turner podcast this uh, this time, at least not today. Um, the opener in the main card I got right, Michael or Mikhail or Mahal, Mahal, I think is what they were saying on the broadcast. Although Sechak knocked out Cody Brynage with punches, three sixteen into the first round. Uh, Gumby went for a big stab at plus two thirty on Brynage, but it sounds like he made you mad and broke your heart here, Dan. Yeah, so you said you had the last one right until you didn't. Well, yeah. guess what? I had this one right until <laughs> I didn't. Uh, yeah. I said Drew uh, Cody Brendage could certainly wrestle Michael Olszewski, would do damage, could possibly take his back, could sub him. He looked like he was doing all that. He slid off the top of his back and then all of a sudden was like, oh, I just don't know what to do on the bottom uh, and just eight punches until he was out. So sure. you don't pick short notice fighters, Dan. I tried to tell you that. Um, do, do we have a short notice fighter in here? No, yeah, it was a bad night. For was. Notice. Was it? it was a yeah, bad it, night for short notice fighters. Yeah, I know. Oh, and yep. three, I think. Yeah, which is what the stats say. Yeah, we think we know better, Dan. I mean, you, yeah, yeah, you you did too. Did yep, you? Yeah, you did too yeah, on yeah. a later one. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, all right, prelims. Corey McKenna, Poppins came through. Uh, Shine Valismas did not look good. I, I I'm not real sure about her uh, as a fighter at this point. 29-28 across the board. It went down the way you were hoping it would, Dan. Uh, McKenna with the wrestling plus 165 was what you had her on the on the money line. Uh, very nice hit for you. Yeah, I think this was always going to be McKenna. McKenna looks like she's supposed to. She fought the game plan she's supposed to. She, you know, worked around uh, some early issues the way that she's supposed to. Like, yeah, she she just did everything right. And I will say this, like, I've never been in on Cheyenne Vlismas. Like, yeah. she's she's always kind of looked like a little bad in every single one of her. Like, even when she won her contract on Contender Series, she fought Hillary Rose who's not even like a particularly good Northeastern prospect. And it went to decision. Yeah. I, I mean, like <laughs> we don't, the, the thing about the, the Northeast too, in like new England specifically is they don't have a lot of, they don't have a lot of women's prospects. They've got like okay. a lot of, a lot of guys who show up, but like very few women come out of this area. And, and we eventually see like Tisha Torres is the only one. And that's only cause she moved out of the area before she started fighting. Um, but like, yeah, like Hillary Rose, not particularly good. And even she gave uh, Blee Moss some trouble in the grappling. So like, apart from two women who didn't get a chance to grapple her, she's looked terrible in every single one of her fights. So, um, until she has some takedown defense, yeah, she's an auto fade on anybody who can wrestle. Yep. Yeah. She definitely did not last night. It could be all the women leave the North. Um, East because like uh, they don't want to hang out with all you mass hole men, right? Like oh, I, I, the I smart assume, ones are like I'm out of here. I assume that's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would make sense. All right, so Gumby, that was your big hit of the night. Your only underdog that came through. None of mine came through. Like I have a reputation of being chalky, but then I went with like a whole bunch of dogs last night, and a lot of good that did me, Dan. Yeah, I did not I have do what, good. <laughs> I have what, four four dogs and a couple of pickums, and not none of them came through. None of the dogs, none of the like pickum fights came through for me. Anyhow, this isn't about me. Um, it's about Gumby. Uh, <laughs> Matthew Smellyburger, Samuelsburger. Didn't really see this coming, did we? Rock Jake Matthews. Jake Matthews, I guess he's tough. We can say because um, he got rocked a bunch of times in this fight. Uh, was game, fought back, but still lost. Three rounds to none. Two rounds to one. 327, 29, 28, 29, 28 on the board. I guess we, do we overlook how good Samuelsberger is? I don't think so. Here, here's my take on this fight. I, I actually think 
we got a good read on this fight because I left this fight thinking to myself, uh, first of all, I, I really think that Jake Matthews is better than Semmelsberger. And I think it doesn't matter when you get popped in it and you get wobbled. Like at the end of the day, that loses you around. Cause I think if you took the like three clean right hands that Semmelsberger hit him with, that stunned him out of that, those rounds, I think you could make an argument that, that uh, Matthews won them all. I mean, Matthews won the third anyway on two judges scorecards, which I think might've been a little egregious. Uh, but like, Semmelsberger had the big power and he definitely should have won those rounds. Like, I, I think that those are the right call, but uh, he, he didn't necessarily look more skilled or more nuanced or anything like that. He just did good enough at like stuffing takedowns and landing the big shot when it counted. Yep. He sure did. Um, all right. What else do we have? Oh, he said, he said fight. I, I, I said the right said, uh, said Nurmagomedov beat said Cub. Kokromanov, he basically, he saved himself uh, because Kokromanov was dominating him with wrestling until it was a ninja choke. Did you know it was a ninja choke, Dan? I did, yeah. 350 into the second round. Of course you did, you grappling nerd. Actually, <laughs> I said I didn't get any pick This is the one pick I got right because this fight was minus 110 on the board for both men. Yeah, he. I mean, like, Sedyukov, Kokromanov looks so good here. But it, it, it did bother me a little bit because Nurmagomedov threatened that exact choke like three different times. And then he eventually got it. So, like, Kakramanov must have, like, just been lulled into a sense of security that he got out of it a couple of times because yeah. uh, it, it was always coming again. You know what I mean? And uh, it's disappointing that he wasn't smart enough to avoid it when it, it came the third time. And it, boy, did it come the third time. It sure did. Um, you realize we're recording this during the finals of the, of the World Cup. It shows how much we care about soccer, right? I have it on in the back. Oh, do you? Okay. And yeah, it's they're, like in they're extra in the, time now? The, the second set of extra time. Yeah, yeah. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> well, will, it, will it go to a shootout? Uh, will will it do that through, in the final final? Or it, will, it will if it gets through this uh, oh extra time. Yeah. So, it's so dumb. All right. Spoiler um, alert if you guys are watching it on TiVo, by the way. Uh, yes. <laughs> Spoiler alert as you listen to this probably uh, hours after it ended. Um, What else we got here? Dan? Oh, Mahashat. Mahashat. Miss Waite which is never a good thing, but I had, a, I picked him before he missed weight, but anyhow, he lost three rounds to none, but he looked better than that. If you ask me, um, Hoffa Garcia is the one who left with the most damage. Cause I, uh, apparently it was a artery in his head. <laughs> he got split open. He was <laughs> gushing. He, he hit a gusher for sure here. Uh, but yeah, he still won, but I thought damage was the most important thing, Dan damage. Well, first of all, that's, that's only partially true. So it's, the the word damage is a little bit misleading because it avoids all of the grappling. It is who's closest to getting a finish, either through cumulative attacks or, you know, one successive blow. So, like, it, it could be anything. And in this case, Rafa Garcia was in a lot of positions and threw a lot of punches from dominant positions that were closer to ending the fight than one elbow to the side of the head was. Uh, because all the damage people are talking about Mache doing here, it was all just like an elbow over the ear. Uh, and not that we haven't seen an elbow over the ear end a fight, but it was like one elbow over the ear. To, you know, to your point, he did look all right on the feet. I'm not even sure better than Rafa Garcia on the feet. Um, but like he, he looked all right on the feet and he looked badly outmatched in the grappling, which is kind of what I said leading into this. Rafa Garcia, underrated wrestler, 
And Mahashate's just a guy who's never had to defend takedowns until this fight. And if you think he looks too big for lightweight, it's because he is too big for lightweight. So, um, yeah, literally too big for lightweight. Yes. <laughs> uh, Renat, fuck Radinov. Um, fuck Radinov us over by beating Brian Battle. Uh, short notice again. We, we thought Brian Battle could battle through it. Ha ha. I didn't mean, even mean that pun, but hey. He did not battle through it. Listen to these scorecards. 30-25, um, A super boring fight and a disappointing result. Yeah, it, for me, the, the worst part of it is just that, like, I'm not, I'm not sure if he wouldn't have looked a little bit better had he not lost so much weight so quick. Like, this is disappointing to me because, first of all, I like Brian Battle uh, for a lot of reasons. Like, I liked him on The Ultimate Fighter. He's like a good dude. He's a fun prospect. I like that he's decided to come down to 170. But like he was a three and O prospect who, for some reason, decided that he could take a short notice fight against a really dangerous dude in Fakhrdinov, and like he's now down a weight class from where he originally was, right? Like he won the Ultimate Fighter at 85. He's fighting at 70 now, and like yeah, his diet's different and his body structure is different, but like that. That still had to have been the most brutal weight cut he's ever done in his life. And it just seems like such a bad idea when you're such a hot prospect like that. I'm not quite sure what goes into that. Yeah, well, I guess he learned the old old expression. He fucked Radinov around and you found out, right? Yeah. Is that a good one or not? Yeah, it's a pretty good one. All right, but you didn't really laugh. You just went, hey, hey, hey. So I don't know. (laughs) Maybe it'll be the title. We'll find out. We'll find You people will know already. Uh Got to type it, though, found out, because I forget things immediately after I say it. All right. Yeah, you usually, usually email me and ask me. <laughs> Do you have any titles? Uh, did, I, did either of us say anything interesting on the episode? Is usually <laughs> what, I, what I ask you. All right. Manel Cape came through over David Dvorak. It looked very good. 30 27 29-28. So it was um, – got to see him. We got to see uh, Albazi, a couple of the best um, flyweight prospects, throw in uh, – Mohammed Mokayev, and you probably got the three best up-and-coming flyweights, right? Yeah, probably. Um, although I, I still have concerns about Mokayev, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a different yeah. episode, I'm sure. But, like, here's the thing. We said Cape here is a guy who just needs to be aggressive. And he wasn't aggressive, got himself t- taken down. And then on the ground, he decided, oh, shit, I'm going to be aggressive again. And as soon as he did... He started ripping a submission, nearly tapping out Dvorak. He, right. If you had, Stay by the way, mouth. yeah, if you had an inside the distance ticket on this fight, like I'm sorry, like yeah. you should have. That's a bad beat. That's a Multiple terrible times. beat. Yeah, because um, then yeah, then he almost finished him again later. But like as soon as he decided to be aggressive on the feet or aggressive on the mat, like he just dominated. So it was, it, it still continues to be a little frustrating for me with him because like if that's the case, why are we not just doing it from jump, right? Like why why is he not just like coming straight out of the gate in in going balls to the wall because like it's not like Dvorak is a particularly dangerous dude so Cape is be dangerous dude you're not gonna yell goal I, I'm not gonna yell goal you must be behind oh. me man. I, I watched that goal like like three minutes ago oh yeah no I'm not watching it it's oh okay uh, <laughs> on my phone YouTube is showing me what's happening um ah. <laughs> so yeah who do you like best of of the up-and-coming uh actually uh we want to say cape man he uh he, he had him on skates a bunch of times though he's such a, sn- a sniper when he wants to be um yeah like you said when he's aggressive he really 
can uh, can get those uh, those punches through. He's I, I know that I'm not being very elegant here, but yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's quite the striker, but also very dangerous on the ground too. Yeah, he's well when he's aggressive though, when he decides to let him go, because that's the thing is, is like sometimes he just doesn't let it go. He, he just yeah. like hanging out with him. So yeah, I I don't know. He's He's continues to be frustrating. I still think he's under under ranked where he is in the UFC. Like I've had him ranked way higher for way longer. Hopefully this went over Dvorak, you know, catapults him up a bit. But like, you know, going into this weekend, he was ranked four spots lower than Amir El Bazy. Would you yeah. would you rank him four spots lower than Amir El Bazy? Uh, yeah, it's tough. Who, I was gonna ask you, who do you like better? Whose chances do you like better? Cape. Um, Cape, a thousand percent Cape. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I just think Cape. I think Cape could beat anybody in this division, including the two guys he lost to. If yep. if he put the pedal to the metal on Alshandre Pantoja, who some people believe is the best flyweight in the world, I, I think he would have beat him. Um, so, like, I, I think if he just decides to be this version of Manel Cape all the time, I think you're going to see him hurt so many people. Like, would you not pick him over Alex Perez right now? Uh, yeah, Alex, you know, yeah, Alex Perez is, yeah. He's, would you not give him a chance to beat Kaikara France? Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, and that, yeah. that's number three in the, the world right there. So, yeah, I, I think Manel Cape is, is way more dangerous than Amir Albazi. All right, Matt, uh, match him up. Who are you giving him next in Perfect World? I, I mean, like, the uh, who is, did I see Alex Perez was supposed to fight somebody soon? Yeah, I, he just, was it Albazi that he pulled out of that fight? I'll basically was complaining about people pulling out of fights. I well, that, that Roy Vol, Roy Vol pulled out of it. Right. Oh yeah. Be, oh, before before Perez pulled out of it, or before Roy Vol pulled out of it, Perez did too. So yeah, you're yeah. right. Um, it looks like Alex Perez is fighting Kaikara France in Perth right. in February. Yeah. I'll be honest. I think you could give Manel Cape the the winner of those two. Okay. Um, and and if not, like maybe Matt Schnell. Like Matt Schnell would, I think he'd just steamroll Matt Schnell is the only yeah, problem yeah. with that. I think he, I think he'd hurt Matt Schnell in a bad way. But um, Matt Schnell just lost to Matthews Nicolau, and I know he lost to Nicolau earlier in his career. But like, you could run that back too. Not that I think anybody wants that. Yeah, it's true. Well, we shall see what the new year brings. Uh, the opener did not bring me much joy. I. My big underdog did not come through, even though he thinks he won the fight, it seems. Uh, that was wild. <laughs> I, I didn't see it. I saw you mention it, though. Uh, during I, I saw the fight, but I I, uh, I knew he had lost, so I just skipped right through the uh, decision uh, aspect of it. But apparently, he Jordan Neeson thought he won a fight. He clearly lost. Sergey Morozov, another boring fight. Uh, this one was 37-7, uh, 29-28, um, Just wrestled him and didn't really do much while he was wrestling him, but he got himself... He's got his hand raised and got Dan a win right out of the gate. Here's the thing I I have the most trouble with seeing him win. Like, if you wanted to score the first for him, I don't know. You you probably could have. Adelaide Bird did, so maybe you did too. Uh, if you wanted to score the first for him alongside of our girl Adelaide Bird, like, mm. maybe you could score the first for him. Ain't no way he won the second or third, right? The second or third, he got steamrolled. And... The first card read 3027. I don't know how he could hear that and then be like, oh, yeah, this is me. He, like, started pounding his chest when he heard 3027. <laughs> yeah. It's like, clearly you didn't win both of those rounds. Like, you at least lost the – well, I thought at least lost the second and third. But you couldn't, like, leave the third and say, like, oh, I won all of those rounds. If you want to convince yourself you won, like, a close second and you, you took the first – 
Like, uh, maybe, but, like, once he heard 3027, like, what is he thinking? Yep. Strange. But anyhow, it was a strange night, and I went 5-8 and eight and lost 560 Oof. bucks. Yeah. Nice way to end the year. I know. <laughs> I, I dropped it 64% on the year. I was up, like, 66, 67 for a while there. But, yeah, rough landing um, for me. Eight Down 855 bucks after being up more than three-quarters of the year. I was up money, and then the wheels fell off. As which is what, as we like to say to, to save ourselves, that's what happens when uh, you bet a hundred bucks in every fight blindly, like we do not blindly, but nonetheless, um, I don't think anyone probably really cares what our records are, but I'll say it anyway. Gumby beat me seven to six. He lost 102 bucks though. So you hit 58% in the year. You're down 3,200 and no, there's not time left still down because we're done. We're, we're out of time. We're out of time on the yep. regional MMA until the new year, which is when we wipe the slate clean. Yeah. Yes. Gumby lost both of his, his recommended play and the uh, Hungry Man Jong Super Fan Parlay. You always get half and it ends there. Um, I hit two of my three uh, recommended plays, but I ended up losing money anyhow because I had I hit on big odd ones. So recommended play, 62% for me. I was down eight bucks. So we'll say I broke even. And then Gumby, 44% down 370 bucks. So I think we're going to probably scrap recommended plays and, and do something different next year, right? Yeah, we, we've been talking about, and you guys could tell us if this is a dumb idea, hit us up in either the Discord or on Twitter, but we've been talking about moving a little bit more towards the SGPN programming style of uh, of Lockdog Tease, except for maybe Lockdog Total or Lockdog Prop or something like that. Yep, and then it forces me to make wild picks, which is which is what we want to do, right? I mean, not wild picks. It's just no, asking you to pick a dog once in a while. <laughs> See what happens when I did? Yeah, the past, maybe that's my problem. The past, what, month or so, I seem to be more dog-heavy than ever, and I lost way more money than I ever have, so... We'll have to see. We'll have to see. So as we said, um, that is the end of the UFC for 2022. Next event, let's, get, let's give you a quick rundown. We're starting off with a massive event, Dan. UFC fight night, Imavov versus Gastelum. I the love fight this that fight card. All right. I, I'm, well, I, I'm not going to lie. I love it. That, I'm going to go through it, and, and uh, he maybe you can tell us quickly why he loves it. So we got Nasruddin Imavov, Kelvin Gastelum at the top, Jimmy Flick, Charles Johnson, Alan Nascimento, Carlos Fernandez, Jeff Neal, Shavkak Rachmanov. He should have been on last night's card. Everybody was uh, had last names like that. Catlin Vieira versus Raquel Pennington. Yarno Ahrens versus David Onama. Omar Morales versus Matias Rebecki. Daniel Arjueta. Isaac Dulgarian. Puna is coming is back. Puna Hill. Soriano versus Roman Kopilov. Dan Ige. Damon Jackson. Umar Nurmagomedov. A real Nurmagomedov, a, a related Nurmagomedov versus Haoni Barcelos, Abdul Razak Al Hassan versus Claudio Ribeiro, and Javid Basharat versus Matias Mendoza. Yeah, that is a good card for for uh, MMA gambling podcast heads. Yeah, and and I think it's a good card anyway because it does a lot of things. Like, um, I I really love this card on one level because it is built to. Uh, turn over a couple of divisions and allow some movement. Um, so like Imavov versus Calvin Gaslam. Calvin Gaslam has kind of been like a gatekeeper to that top five or that top 10 in the middleweight division for a while. This is Imavov's chance to jump it. You could say the same thing about Jeff Neal in the welterweight division. He's been chilling right around, you know, 10, 11, 12 for a while. This is a chance for Shavkat to jump that and to, like, move into that tier of welterweight contenders. You could say the same thing about Danny Gay. Danny Gay's been chilling around, like, 9, 10, 11 in the 
the flyweight div- or featherweight division rather this is Damon Jackson's chance to step forward on that one and and sort of make a name for himself so like there's a lot of that kind of stuff plus we're seeing Jimmy Flick return from his pseudo retirement where he was gone for a little while um I love the fact we're getting to see Matthews Rebeski right out the the gate because like man did he look good on contender series so yeah so so many fun fights on that that fight card and uh you know not for anything Kellen Vienna versus Raquel Pennington is kind of like a fun fight yeah, it's it's a it's a good fight card for sure. We'll have plenty of time to talk about that in the coming weeks. Um, let's put the UFC to bed. Actually, we'll, we'll probably have some uh, recap and look ahead episodes coming up because there's some um, believe it or not, there's there's some uh, episodes that we are not going to have any events to actually break down. So we'll be doing that in the coming days. We do have an event to break down tomorrow. We're, we're looking ahead and we're doing some regional action um, so Monday is all about regional MMA or non-UFC MMA. Um, and I think Gummy's actually, he probably hasn't started yet, but he's going to be doing an article soon on how to bet regional MMA, which is probably a good time right now to do it because UFC is going dark for a while. Yeah, and there's a bunch of good regional cards too. Yeah. Um, you know, from the larger regional shows like, um, you know, like the Bellators, if you want to call that even regional, or the KSWs, to uh things that are a little bit smaller like cage titans and i mean i guess lfa is a big one too lfa is coming up in january yep yep so it should be fun that was my way of subtly reminding dan that he has articles too so oh i know i got it they're on my to-do list good (laughs) good um and he's gonna have a recap of uh mma betting too right on the uh on the side i think you're gonna do that too so that's correct yeah yeah there you go and a bellator versus Ryzen prediction so gummy's got his work cut up from i'm all i'm all planned for for the the vacation week fantastic i got him working on his vacation that's what we like to hear um okay we told you about the discord uh twitter sgpn mma is the account gumby runs we're almost what at 400 followers now we're getting up there so um before twitter collapses upon itself uh <laughs> get in there and and uh follow us um i'm a jeff fox writer he's at gumby vreeland all my mma writings at moneymma.substack.com uh i still got to figure out who won the pick'em contest and uh the yearly yearly winners and all that stuff later on today so if you're waiting to hear the results it will be coming later today um Gumby hosts the Top Turtle on May podcast, which we'll talk more about in the coming episodes. Let you know what's happening on there this week. And then, of course, all the writing um, and all the podcasts and everything, uh, promos, everything you need uh, for your sports gambling needs is at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Um, and as said, we'll be back in your ears tomorrow with a regional MMA breakdown. Um, all right, let's put this to bed. Until tomorrow, I will remain. The Butcher, Jeff Fox, Gumby will remain Hussar, Gumby Vreeland, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.